All right. So, again, continuing uh, in our series on the Lord's Prayer, today's verses would be our uh, continuing our Father, uh, and then we get to lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And so we're going to talk about that in the context of the giving of the Holy Spirit to us, the infilling of God within us in order to do his work, in order to know him. And like Richard said, that is based on a, a closeness, a communion and a, and a oneness with him that is only possible by the Holy Spirit. So would you pray that prayer with me? The model prayer our Lord said, go ahead and pray like this. Let's pray and we'll use the word sins uh, in the middle there. All right, let's pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Now, those words, of course, remind us that Jesus has a kingdom. And if Jesus has a kingdom, we know that there are other kingdoms that are in conflict with Jesus' kingdom. So one of the questions I ask myself is, which kingdom am I in? Or which kingdom am I demonstrating? Which kingdom do I want to be in? And how can I be a son or a daughter in the kingdom, yielding myself to what he has given and what he wants to do through me, which is only possible by the Holy Spirit, of course. Um, I would like to share a few stories, if I may. Um, I, uh, I like to embarrass myself. <laughs> and um, I, 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 when I shared, I, we've been talking in the elders for weeks about the Holy Spirit. And, and I've had a real, um, it's, the Holy Spirit has been much on my thoughts. And where are we in relation to him and his kingdom? So, so Richard was kind enough to give me a, a syllabus and a bunch of notes from um, um, work that he had done and research he had done. And I got to tell you, the stories in here are really fantastic. You've heard Pastor Nick in recent sermons and, and from time to time quote uh, some of the preachers from the first great awakening here in America and from revivals in England and talk about the spectacular things, the, uh, the amazing things, miraculous things, strange things, weird things um, that took place. And um, I, I, would, I would love to share more of those stories, but I thought I'd, I'd use some, some personal stories too. And the reason is, is because what Richard said at the beginning is, is really the heart of the matter. It's fun to talk about the miraculous things that God has done. It's fun to see miracles. It's fun to see uh, God do strange and, and amazing things. But we live in the ordinary moment-to-moment -moment right now. What is the Holy Spirit doing right now? You're taking a test. You're driving. You're mowing the lawn. You're doing the dishes. Going to work. 
raising that child, changing the diaper. What are you doing right now? Because that's where the Holy Spirit really is. Now, he'll do the spectacular. You want the spectacular? You ready for the spectacular? No. Let's be honest. We're not ready for the spectacular. When God invades, oh, you are. (laughs) Well, good. When God invades, he often moves aside our preconceptions. He often embarrasses or, or makes us uncomfortable. In fact, if you want to see the spectacular, go into a place where you are uncomfortable and where you have to be dependent upon God. I remember when we took, a, okay, here comes the first story. So we, we were taking some, I remember taking, you going to uh, Reinhard Bunke's meetings downtown, Jeremiah. That was, there was some pretty uh, unusual stuff going on there, weren't, weren't there? It truly impacted your life, didn't it? You look just like Jesus with glasses on. <laughs> now, so, so we, uh, we used to take mission trips to the Navajo Nation. And, and so uh, one of the f- first, I think it was the first trip we took. And uh, there was a teenager in our, uh, in our church. And I mean, he was very quiet, very reserved. Uh, didn't show any emotion. Um, you wondered, you know, hello, are you in there? And, and so, you know, we told them, look, when, when you go out on the Navajo Nation, and you go, go among um, Native Americans, there's all kinds of things going on in the spiritual atmosphere that you are not used to sensing, seeing, or experiencing. Am I right, Vince? And, and so, um, so I said, you just have your antennas up and be ready. So this very quiet, reserved, unemotional guy um, the next, uh, after the first night we were there in the morning, gets up and he's, he's practically jumping up and down. He's so excited. Well, well what happened? He said, man, I, I got up in the middle of the night and I, and I saw stuff. I, I, I saw, I don't know what it was, like, like demons or angels or something. I said, welcome, welcome to the spiritual realm. Now, that excited him, all right? Great. It's good to be excited about, about the, the other realm instead of just living all the time right here in the here's what i'm capable of here's what men can do here's what politics can do here's what the economy can do you 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 understand what i'm saying wait a minute they can't do any of that unless god allows it in fact everybody just take a breath psalm 104 that is god God gives the breath, and he takes it away. He gives what feeds us, what nourishes us. He provides everything about our life, our health, our breath, and even can move in us in terms of our will and our understanding and our mind. Now, when, when I was raised in Presbyterian church and they didn't do weird and wonderful things in the, in the Presbyterian church. And, and my dad was a pastor there. And he didn't talk about weird and wonderful things. Even though I found out later, he had seen and experienced and been in environments where God did do those kinds of things. But he didn't tell me about that when I was a kid. And uh, in fact, when he was uh, taking busloads of people to hear Billy Graham, I wouldn't go. And, and he challenged me and he said, you're afraid to make a commitment to God. I, honestly, I didn't know what he was talking about. Well, I, I go to church. You know, I mean, what more is there? No, I, 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 I kind of knew there was more because 
I, I knew that God had, was drawing me. I believed in God, but I'd never been in an evangelistic meeting where somebody gave an invitation and invited people to come and receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and make a decision to follow him with their life. I had never been in that environment, and that's what he was challenging me to, but I didn't know it. So, turned 18, went to college a thousand miles away from home, and lo and behold, I got into an environment where all kinds of things were happening. And it wasn't very long after that, I was in one of those meetings, sitting there watching, stand, people were standing up giving what we call personal testimonies. This is how Jesus changed my life. This is how I came to faith. And I was sitting there, and I'll be honest, I had a little bit of mockery going on in me. I said, well, you know, that's nice for you. That's a nice story. And, and I wasn't really paying a whole lot of attention. But something happened at the end of this. It was a Lutheran pastor who had been invited to speak in, in this meeting on the college campus. And he said, okay, so if you want to repent of your sins, come up and give your life to Jesus. Come on up here. And lo and behold, I found myself getting up and going up and kneeling down. It was the strangest thing. I did not plan on doing that by any means. In fact, if somebody had told me, if you go to that meeting, you're going to be walking forward in front of people, kneeling down, and you're going to be giving your life to Jesus Christ. It would not have meant anything to me. But there I was. I just felt this is something, this is the right thing to do right now. I need to do this. I'm going to go give my life to Jesus. Well, I, I, was, I was thinking about it, and when the meeting was over, I got, I mean, I wasn't really feeling anything. I wasn't crying or, you know, falling down on the ground. I went back to the dorm, and I sat on my bed, and I thought of the scripture. John 3, 16, for the first time in my life, and I thought of Jesus on that cross dying for me. And I began to weep. I thought, Lord, I know you did that for everybody in the world, but you did it for me. And I've done really nothing for you. And, and, and so that began a journey. And uh, not too long after that, I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I prayed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and, it, and, and that's when the weird and wonderful things started to happen. Now, we didn't know what we were doing. It was a crazy time in our country. In the 1960s, there was something called the charismatic movement, and the Holy Spirit was being poured out. Now, that word charismatic is from the Greek word charis, grace, and in, um, in 1 Corinthians 12, that Greek word, I don't know Greek, I just learned this, okay? Um, charismata, you know, you can read any book and you can make people think you know Hebrew and Greek by just, you know, looking it up in the, in the Strong's Concordance, right? Anyway, so charismata is a, is a, is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. We, we, we call it spiritual gifts, right? But, but look, the, the point of the gift is to, to give someone else the grace of God, right? And so God knows that there are people who are sick. God knows there are people who have demonic influence in their life. God knows that there are people who, who need a word. They need faith. They need to see a miracle. They need, they need discerning or distinguishing of spirits because they're confused and they don't know if God is, is doing speaking to them or if this is a bad spirit, a bad angel we call a demon. So, so God gives these gifts in order for them to flow through us, and that's why we need to not be afraid, Dennis, right? We need to not be afraid and let God do what he wants to do. So, I forgot where I was. 
but I thought of another story. So, oh, oh, I know what it was. So we had no idea what to do. And I remember I was raised in a Presbyterian church. We never had a workshop on, here's how to cast out a demon. I mean, nobody ever said that. Here's how to lay hand on the sick so that they will be healed. We, we didn't know anything. But we, we began to see things happen, and God was doing things. And lo and behold, in our ignorance and immaturity, he was using us. So, so we, 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 would, uh, we would travel around in the summer and on weekends, and we'd set up our, our equipment anywhere we could, on the courthouse steps, out in fields, um, just anywhere we could. If they'd invite us into the church, we'd go into the church. Sometimes that didn't work out so well. But anyway, we, we, so, we're, so we're in a church, and, and there's a girl. And again, now you have to understand, we didn't know what we were doing. But God, God knew what he was doing, and he said, you know what? You are so um, ignorant, but so available, I'm going to use you. You know what? It's okay to be ignorant. God will teach you if you're willing to be used, right? So anyway, so there was a, there was a teenage girl, and, and she was manifesting some things that we thought, does that look like God to you? No, it doesn't look like God to me. I don't know what that is. Oh, I know what we know what to do. It's a demon. Let's cast it out. Well, you know what? We had never been to that workshop. And um, that didn't go so well. I mean, I mean, it was, it was, not, it was not a fun time. And um, I'm not going to go into details. But um, <laughs> I still believe in casting out demons. But right now, it, I, I, I do it in a very peaceful, calm, quiet. You know, let God do the work. And let the person, you know, does the person really want to be free and are they are they forgiving people and are, do they want to be free from from whatever this influence is in their mind and their or their heart and and uh, and it goes much easier but you know what if you go into places in the world where demonic powers and principalities have a lot of control and sway you're going to see some fantastic and weird things so don't go there unless you want to get into get into stuff right so so I went to a meeting a couple years later, and, and they called all the pastors. There's a lot of people in there, and there were people who were sick, and they said, we're going to call all the pastors up. Okay. Well, I, I was, no, no, it wasn't a pastor, because I wasn't a pastor then. Why, why did I go up? Um, oh, I guess it was all the worship leaders or all the leaders of ministries, whatever. Anyway, so I go up there and said, now we're going to have all the sick people. Everybody who wants prayer, line up. <laughs> so, so I'm standing there, and I'm looking down my line, right? And I say, okay, headache, backache, okay, that's all right. I, I got faith for that. But there, but there was a guy who was all bent over. And I thought, look, I thought to Lord, Lord, he's in the wrong line. He, he, <laughs> he, he needs to go, he needs to move over, you know. You ever, so anyway. So he gets to me, and I, honestly, I have no idea. Lord, I, I can't do anything. I'm not a healer, but you're here. He's here in line. He's believing to receive something. So, Lord, what are you going to do? And, and as we stood there together, he began to straighten up. Now, I don't know what the end result of that was, but I, I've had the privilege of, in my ignorance and immaturity of God using me, I've laid hands on, on teenagers and seen them just faint by the power of God, just them, them becoming so yielded to him. And that's happened to me. I, 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 I've seen healings, and I've seen God do so many things. I, I asked Richard, hey, tell one of your stories. And he, uh, being the 
prophetic teacher that he is, he challenged you with a question about your communication with God, which is really good. Do you want to hear some stories? Fantastic things, wonderful things that God has done. Sit down with Richard and ask him, tell me your stories. In fact, there was a book written by somebody in Yukon named that. They told me their stories. We passed a bunch of copies out in the church years ago. Of all the fantastic and wonderful, miraculous, crazy, weird, whatever things, I want to say to you the most meaningful moments are not those big, shocking, spectacular-looking, feeling things. That's really not what it's about. It's really about what Richard asked you at the beginning. Where am I with the Holy Spirit? Where am I with God? What would we talk about if, if we were together right now? What is he saying? What does he want me to do? That the most precious times to me are the times I've been able to be with somebody who is opening their heart to God, often for the first time or in a new way, and, and experiencing God's love. There's nothing more meaningful in life than experiencing God's love. If you're at home or here today, God loves you unconditionally, eternally. He knows your name. He brought you here today or he's had you listening because he wants you to experience more of his love and his life and more of his power working in you and working through you in, in gifts of the Holy Spirit. Those are the most meaningful moments when with someone else. You come closer to him. Now, in preparing for today and reading stories and reading histories, one of the things that is very clear is that the closer you get to God, the more resistance you will have from the powers of wickedness that don't want you to be close to God because the devil hates it when people love God and glorify him because that shows God's love. The devil does not want the world to see God's love. The devil wants people to be oppressed and, 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 and lonely and afraid. He wants people to experience violence and, and hate, injustice, war, terror. These are the things that are from the evil one. And so God, Jesus said, pray, lead us out of temptation and deliver us from the evil one. The Holy Spirit could not come until Jesus not only was born and lived an innocent, sinless life, not only until Jesus could die on the cross for our sins, not only until Jesus had descended among the dead and said to Satan, give me the keys now. I'm leaving with all of those saints who believed all these years. I'm taking them with me, Satan. You lose. And the Bible says he ascended. He rose from the dead 
We could not be saved and we could not receive the Holy Spirit if it stopped there. Jesus had to ascend to the Father where he sits at the right hand of, the, of God. And in his coronation as king of kings, like in the Old Testament when they would pour oil on the king or on a prophet or anoint a priest, Jesus received all of that and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit not only came down upon him in a, in a way of coronation and affirmation of his victory over the devil, but the Holy Spirit came all the way down to us to make us a temple of the Holy Spirit, to change our lives forever, to bring gifts through us to people in need. We don't know how to pray for somebody or cast out a demon or, or we don't know what word to say to somebody and suddenly God does it. If we just put ourselves in that place, God will use us. When somebody came to Mother Teresa and said, I, I want to serve, I want to learn, I want to I become like you. She said, here's a bucket. What do you want me, what do I do with the bucket? Oh, the toilets need cleaned. Go clean. And, and you can imagine at first the reaction, no, no, I want to be with her, I want to learn, I want to be, become somebody spiritual. And what happened was, by being a servant, Dennis, they learned something about Mother Teresa's relationship with Jesus Christ. And then Mother Teresa would say to all of those who wanted to serve, you cannot go out among the people until you go in to him. Spend an hour in his presence and then you will have something to give. We fellow sinners are, as it has been said, hungry people sharing bread with those who are starving. Who do we know? Who are we praying for? What do we have that we have not received? And what can we give that we do not have? It's all Him. It's all grace. It's all gift. I do have a little handout. And there are some things in the bulletin. I think I'll, I'll pass this out. But let me tell you what it says. Because it's wordy. Because I tend to be wordy. So you can take it with you, but let me tell you what it says. Practical applications are steps I can take to develop a relationship and desire for communication with, however you want to say it, communion, responsiveness to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's kind of a mystery to us. We know Jesus. We see those wonderful pictures of white people with long hair that's supposed to make us think of Jesus, right? And usually it's some kind of spiritual, you know, affected look instead of just him smiling or laughing or, or, doing, or doing the work that he did. Now, so forget those images, even though we have a picture in our mind of Jesus or maybe we have a picture of God in our mind because we all had fathers, some not very good fathers, none who were perfect. But 
that influences our approach to God, what our Father was like. So we forgive our fathers and, and we want to honor them and that helps open the door to see God as Father who loves us unconditionally. But who's the Holy Spirit? You know, like a ghost? He's in you because you are a spirit with a body. That's what you are. Your spirit is going to live forever. And so it's easy for the Holy Spirit to come and bring life into your spirit the way God did to the clay. And Adam became a living soul. Let him bring his life in you, into your spirit. Be alive. Become joyful. Because if you get closer to God, you're going to be in conflict with all that is against God. Well, you need to be close to him. You'll experience rejection, accusation, misunderstanding. There's some people who won't like you. I've been threatened a little bit, cursed at. I've never been in real danger, but people are, like Pastor Nick said. But we do experience conflict and trouble because God allows us to be able to learn the difference between what I want and what I feel and what I think and the fact that God lives in me and God is doing something good in me and through me for others. So, the conflict, the trouble, the difficulties, the sadness, the dryness at times, all of that is part of us growing as a spirit person who's not afraid to get into uncomfortable situations and see what God will do. Right, George? <laughs> spend, here's number one, and you don't have to take notes. Just list, you check them off in my mind. Spend more time thinking about the Holy Spirit, thinking about God, thinking about my personal relationship and communication with him. Number two, seek a genuine repentance of my independence, rebellion, um, my, uh, my indifference uh, towards the Holy Spirit. Number three, spend time with people, hearing their stories, asking them questions about their experiences with the Holy Spirit so that you can grow in faith. Number four, read books or articles that, that are inspiring. Ask Richard to share stories with you. Um, Dennis met Richard by taking a course, Dennis and Susie, on the Holy Spirit's work, right? Do you remember that? He told me that. I'm glad you remember it. <laughs> um, but spend time with people. Read books or articles inspiring you. Old, there's an old-fashioned way of just called waiting on the Holy Spirit or praying through. Just wait. Be quiet. Turn off the social media. Take out the earbuds. Go sit in nature. Hear the birds. And listen in your heart. 
for him. Worship. Listen to worship music. Sing. Begin to praise him. Thank him out loud. Lift your hands. Lie down. Kneel. Uh, be active in some way. Dance around. Embarrass yourself. You might be really surprised what happens if you just begin to say, I don't care about anything else right now. You're God. You're my God. I can't tell you how many times I've embarrassed myself. Because a lot of times, I don't even know who is watching. <laughs> Whether outside or sitting at the traffic. You ever sit at a traffic light and you're kind of singing, you know, or dancing a little bit and you just happen to look over and somebody's looking at you like, yep, you're one of those, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I'm one of those weirdos. Yeah. Come and join me. It's a great journey. It's exciting. It's far more exciting than just, this is what I understand. This is what I can rest my weight on. Just what I can see and feel because that's all that's real. No, that's not all that's what's real. That was made by what's unseen. And this is all passing away, but what is unseen is forever. We are going to live in a new heaven and a new earth, so we might as well start to experience it now. That's why he said, pray, my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come heaven on earth. What are we waiting for? And remember, you will experience resistance. But we could say like Star Trek, resistance is futile. <laughs> right? Because Jesus has already won. So worship and, and just be, get loose. Oh my goodness. I said to my choir this week, I said, I hope, I, and I said, I hope no, this doesn't offend anybody, but we're singing spirituals and we're singing Hispanic songs. We're singing Jewish dance kind of songs. Uh, Patty, <laughs> Patty's a music teacher, friend of mine. It's so nice to have you and your daughter, Kristen, and your friends here with us this morning. Welcome. Um, oh, I told him, could you just be a little more black? I mean, could you just get loose a little bit instead of standing there like a bunch of white people? No expression, no life, you know. I mean, I watched the tape, and I'm literally standing in front of them. We're singing, cantar una canción alegre. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, and they're just standing there looking at me. Oh, my goodness. We're singing, wait in the water. And they're just, wait in. Now, they did a good job. They did a good job. But, you know, the one or two of them that got it, you know, they're kind of moving around. Anyway, get loose. Oh, my goodness. You know, you look like a bunch of Presbyterians. <laughs> or should I say Baptists? <laughs> but, but not the original Presbyterians, not the original Baptists, right? Okay, number seven. You want more of God? Put yourself in a situation where you absolutely need the Holy Spirit 
In other words, get on mission or witness. Go visit somebody in a situation where you would feel uncomfortable. We can't go to the hospital right now and visit people because of COVID. But you, you go and you visit people. You join with kids. You, you get into a situation where God's Holy Spirit, his love just comes through you. Change your life. Number eight, ask God in faith to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Ask people to pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Completely open yourself and yield yourself to whatever God would ask you to do. And yes, you will suffer. Number nine, be honest about how you feel. God knows how you feel anyway. Say, God, you know, I'm, I'm really not interested. Uh, I, I really don't have a desire for you. It's all right. He can take care of that, right? He can, uh, he, he will, he's, he's able to create the need in you. Because he loves you. So are you willing to submit your whole self, mind, will, tongue, hands, time, treasure, talents, and trust God to give his grace? Uh, okay, I'll go. number 10. Again, I'm saying it again. Ask. Ask for the Holy Spirit. Knock, seek. Luke eleven seventeen. You ask for a, a, even a dad who's not a good dad will not give a snake to somebody who asks to their child who asks for an egg. He will not give a stone for a child when their child asks for bread. Gee, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? Luke 11. Again, number 11. I keep saying this. Be ready for resistance, trouble, war, suffering. There's a lot of it in the Bible. You're going to suffer anyway. You might as well suffer for doing good. So personal it, it ends with these, kind of like what Richard was asking. Personal intentions. What do I want? What does God want? What questions do I have? What resistance do I feel? What will, God, what will I do with God's help by the Spirit of grace? He's called the Spirit of grace. He is called the Spirit of grace. What did I do with those? I had them in my hand. <laughs> I, I intended to hand them out. No, no, no. I, they were right here. Nick or Richard, did you walk off with my, my, my little handouts? Did you take them? They look like there's a little pile of them. They look like this. Well, they were here, but they're not. Yeah, but I want them now. See, I told you we'd have resistance. The devil, he has, oh, here they are. They were, <laughs> now, <laughs> all right, okay, listen, um, I was going to read Acts chapter 2, the, the, uh, the giving of the Holy Spirit. You go home and read it, and, and take this little piece of paper, take this home. The elders, because I've bugged them so much the last several weeks um, about, um, you know, the Holy Spirit, they said, all right, you better, all right, we'll give you two weeks. Okay, so, so 
So I, I, I want to continue next week, all right? So pray for me and pray for us. And, and, um, and if you want to hear part two, Patty, come on back. <laughs> now, 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 <laughs> we would love to pray for people. There's people all over this room who truly enjoy listening and, and seeing what God will do. Are you sick? Are you weary? Are you afraid? Do you want to give your life to Jesus Christ? Oh, this is still on, yeah. Do you want to give your life to Jesus Christ in a new and fresh way? If so, that comes from him. He's drawing you and giving you a desire. Just respond to him and talk to one of us. Let us pray for you or listen to you. I promise you, trouble, difficulty, and suffering. But I promise you joy. Jesus said, in the world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He's won, and he's given to us the commission to bring his victory of good news everywhere we go. He'll do that in you, through you, with you, and for you, because he loves you perfectly, and he knows you. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you, O oh God, for your great love for us, and, and Lord, for for all you intend to do, Lord, help us to cooperate with you and to glorify you, Lord, whether online or at home, uh, not even paying any attention, but God, that you, Lord, would gather our attention everywhere and bring your kingdom in us. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen to the New Covenant Fellowship podcast. We want to connect with you. You can visit us online at ncfokc.org for more information about our church. If God spoke to you and you'd like prayer, please text us at 405-518-5164 and we will get back with you. God bless and have a great day.